Hey guys, Pastor Marcus here. Welcome to the Pomo Pastor Podcast, where our focus is going to be how to optimize your local Adventist church. I hope you're blessed by what you hear and that it inspires you to make a difference in your local church today. Hey guys, it's Pastor Marcus here. I want to welcome you to uh, the Pomo Pastor Podcast for this month's newest uh, podcast episode. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about why is Adventism failing to reach the culture? It's a big, big topic. There's so many angles that we can talk about that on. So I'm super blessed to have with me uh, one of the brightest guys I know, someone who has just so much wisdom in this area. I want to introduce him to you now, guys. His name is Pastor Eddie Hippolyte. Eddie, how are you doing, bro? Hey, I'm good, Marcus. Really good to be with you here on this podcast. Um, awesome. Thanks for space <laughs> <laughs> no look um I, I was just you i'll share this with the listeners man because we were just chatting about this 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 conversation between us has been in the works <laughs> for like um, what I is it three months now literally three yeah. months intense <laughs> three intense months no kidding <laughs> so so what happened was um when i first started the the pomo pastor podcast um you were one of the first people i had lined up to interview and and um none of my hardware worked like i oh, called I you we were live we were ready to go i hit record yeah, and i just ran on my balcony ready <laughs> <everything set> up. <laughs> and then i just ran into my problem after problem stands, everything, man. That's right. <laughs> everything. oh man stands, yeah that's right bro but look it's taken three months for me to get everything sorted finally ready to, yeah. to, to redo this yeah. again i'm just thankful thankful to god that uh that you know we we get to be here today and we get to we everything get to in chat. So, good time. Yeah. That's right. Man. Everything that's in right. good time, man. Yeah. So Eddie, um, I look, I've known about you for a while, and obviously I know you. We've met, we've chatted. You know, um, yeah, you you yeah. you actually purchased me a gift, which I finished reading not too long ago. Um, Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. Um, Did I you still enjoy remember it? that? Ah, oh, dude, amazing book. Yeah. So I good, so good. I totally yeah. enjoyed it, man. Um, and but listen, um. Maybe there's uh, someone listening who, who doesn't know who you are. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm, I'm a Londoner, born and bred. I'm the youngest of 10 children I live in. Um, my mom joined, my joined um, the church. She became an Adventist when I was, I think, around about eight years old. So, uh, you know, I was, I was raised in church. I never went to church schools or anything like that in London. Um, there weren't any when we were growing up. Um, but we went to church, and and I left around about 14. Um, my life kind of drew me away at the time. 14, 15, came back, and I was saved at 17, actually, under the preaching of Dick Barron. I was in the back of an evangelistic tent hiding. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's um, awesome. I was saved, saved that night. My mom tricked me into going because she knew if the man preached, uh, <laughs> I made an appeal I would go up. You know, true, true to her word, it, it happened. Mm. Um, and I walked away at 19, um, but the Lord saved me at 25, um, came back, mm. um, um, found me again at 25. And, and so I've been, you know, I got, I got a call to ministry literally when I came back, I was going to be a, I was, I felt a call to ministry at 18, but at 25, um, after being baptized, it slowly came back to me. So, um, 27, I was married. Two days before my birthday, 28, 
Nice. And, and the two of us went to seminary in Jamaica, Northern Caribbean University. Um, and, you know, we, we spent four years there, came back to Newball College, studied there, and um, got a call to ministry in 99. And, nice. you know, my area that I'd always wanted to go to be in was urban ministry and church planting in, 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 in the inner city. And God just two years into my internship, God made it a possibility. We planted a church called Kennington Community Fellowship in mm. South London. And, um, and, and that has really just been my, my, my space. Um, God, church and culture, really. God, church and culture is, mm. you know, for my ninth, this is my 19th year of ministry. Um, wow. And so, yeah, that has been my space for, for 19 years. God, church and culture has been what, what God has been using me to do. Um, but what he's been using me to, what he's been developing in me as well, understanding, mm. you know, um, I went back and I did, uh, well, you have to do the masters for the TED. You have to do postgrad studies in order to get picked up. In the yeah. TED. Um, but I went and did, um, some more studies afterwards, um, culture, um, uh, communications, culture and society, which is a sociological postgrad, um, yeah. at Goldsmiths, which is a really good school. And then, it, you know, God just used that to open up my mind in so many other ways. So in the way I think about theology and the way I think about um, sociology. And he's been able to find a space in between for me to kind of merge the two of them. Um, that it just enables me to speak in, in, in those areas of God, church and culture um, in, in comfortable ways. So That's awesome. Yeah, that's been my journey in a, in a nutshell so far. You know, father of a beautiful daughter, husband's a wonderful wife. And um, celebrated 25 years two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw that on Facebook, so, man. Congratulations. Bro. Oh, man. Believe me. You, that's got, you guys were blowing that, it up on Facebook. That right there is my life's <laughs> biggest achievement. Man. Hey, man. You know I mean, that right there is my life's biggest achievement. That and my yeah. daughter. Um, that's awesome. Everything else has been a bonus blessing. Mm. You know? I love it, man. I love it. So you're in London right now? I'm in London. Yeah, I'm home yeah. in my city. Yeah, um, I'm home in my city. You know. Oh, that's awesome, man. And uh, you, you know, like London's one of those places that's on my bucket list. Uh, oh, man, I, I really want to go. In fact, you know, lately my 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 wife's been telling me lately we should we should consider moving to London. <laughs> um, yeah, she's 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 really drawn by because uh, the thing is like my wife's studying education, um, yeah. but she's she's studying a particular um, style of education. Mm -hmm. That uh, I mean, she's she's going through a uh, you know uh, accredited university, Swinburne, um, in mm -hmm. the Melbourne University. But they're yeah. a very innovative kind of education, yeah. you know, uh, school, and they're really mm -hmm. into like nature play and 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 all these mm -hmm. you know all of these things that mm -hmm. uh, the Swedes do a lot of it, and you know those yeah, kind yeah. of countries. And apparently, um, like um, forest school, like all these different things. Apparently, it's it's pretty big in in the UK, um, a lot bigger really? than it is here in Australia. Um, oh, so she's been like, you know, her cousin's over there right now and she's telling her like, oh, so much better, you know, like, uh, especially for the kind of stuff she's into. So she's actually been, you know, poking at me like, we should, we should move to London. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just don't, I just don't think I can handle the cold, man. Like I'm not a cold guy, you know, I'm a, I'm yeah, a you know, once guy. you get acclimatized, it's all right. You know, I mean, having lived in Australia now for five years, I'm spoiled. 
Yeah. So I'm, lo- I'm every day I'm waking up looking at the weather like, all right, come on, you need to liven yourself up a bit more. <laughs> It is, it, you know, we're at the end of May, liven yourself up. Yeah, yeah, you know? um, that's right. But once you get acclimatized, it, it's fine. But there is so much more happening in the city that if you allow, if, if, if you allow yourself to, if you allow yourself to be um, enamored by the city, you'll mm. find the beauty even in the gray. Believe oh, yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? You'll find the beauty even in the gray. Yeah. You know, concrete has its own beauty. And London is a is a is a is a beautiful city. When the weather is out and the weather is good, the London parks are some of the best city parks in the world. Oh, Serious. that's awesome! You know, when yeah. they built when they built London, they they were really good with installing parks and commons, mm. just in the most random places. You know, so I'm in an area called Plumstead, and you know, Plumstead has liter- literally three commons in mm. the midst of. Um, a residential area, you know, yeah. but just natural commons that have always been there, and they've awesome. built the area around it and through it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Honestly, it's beautiful. Awesome. So you can walk from your house to the common, like yeah. literally cross the street, and you're in the common. <laughs> That's cool, know? man. So That's yeah, cool. I mean, it has its, it has its. Yeah. Well, at least I mean, at the very least, I'd love, I'd love to visit um, one of these days. But look, um, uh, mm. just um, be mindful of the time. Because I want yes, to get to the yes. topic at hand, yeah, but at I know the same you time, I know you didn't call me to talk about commons. No, 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 no. I was gonna, <laughs> no. I was actually. I've got another question. I was gonna. That's why I'm saying this because I got another sure. question I want to ask yeah. you, and I know it's gonna take me off a little bit. So I just wanna, yeah. I just wanna linger on it yeah. for like 15 seconds because yeah. I gotta ask because you're in London right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, so so the, the the wedding, bro. The wedding was huge. You know, the, the oh, prince my. just got married, bro. That was that was massive. Oh, I watched that it over here on the television, and it's weird because I'm a Puerto Rican from Jersey. You know, we don't care about yeah. the royal family, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I just, I just, I don't know. You know, my wife's Australian, yeah. and she was like, "Oh, let's watch the wedding." So I watched it. I thought it was dope. I enjoyed it. I really liked it, man. Um, what, what, me, it what's, was... what's it been like over there? Oh man, I mean, they, they still can't stop playing it, you know. And then yesterday, <laughs> actually, yesterday they had their first official engagement as a married couple. So you know, it, it's gone even more crazy, but. Yeah. You know, no one does pomp and ceremony like like Great Britain. That's right, you know, man. No That's right. Pomp and ceremony I, I like gotta Great say Britain, though, I I, I gotta say though that 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 um Episcopalian minister, I forgot his name. Man, he was awesome. Uh, I, I loved I loved him. He was just know, like I, the best. It it, it 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 you know that was profound because I was with a friend of mine yesterday, and um, my friend Colin, I posted a story about him on my Facebook page, mm. and he said. Um, he's never heard anybody talk about love like that before in his life. Wow. Yeah, he said like yeah. that was the most profound thing on love that he had, yeah. he had ever heard. Yeah. You know, which was beautiful, you know, because yeah, it was yeah. just the gospel. That's you know, right. The preacher yeah. Just yeah, preached it was the good. gospel. Really, it was amazing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but yeah, honestly, as, as an event, it was wonderful. Plus, you mm. got an American girl. You know, yeah, and an African American at that. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, I was blown yeah. away because look, I haven't, I haven't followed the story like you know, like a you know, like mm. some of these diehard royal family fans. Because like I said, mm. look, I'm, I'm, I'm a region mm. from Jersey, man. You know? mm. <laughs> if, if it wasn't because mm. I was married to an Aussie, I probably wouldn't have even paid any attention. Yeah. But, um, but from what I've heard, and and, and maybe you know, I hope this is true because yeah. you know, I, I, but but from what I've heard, um, she, her, her, her mom actually, because her mother is um African American. Yeah. And um, her descendants were, were slaves in, in the South. 
And so, yeah. you know, for me, this this story of this, you know, like this 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 lineage of um, um, Africans who were who were slaves in the South, and and then yeah. you know her mom who would have lived yeah. through the, yeah. the King era, yeah. and and now her daughter yeah. is a princess. It's, it's just someone's got to make know, a movie about this, bro. This is crazy, yeah. man. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what is beautiful in terms of how it collides um, with her introduction to the family. You know what I mean? Of as somebody of mixed race heritage. Having a black father um, and, and uh, having a white father and a black mother, um, one of the queens, her four times great grandmother, Queen Charlotte Sophia, mm. you know what I mean, was also a woman of color. Oh wow! You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> having a yeah yeah from the um, from the Portuguese royal family, you know mm. what I mean, um, yeah. and her mother also was 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 part black. You know what I mean? So it's it's almost like it's really just come back into the family. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's, it's almost like it's come back into the family. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's a crazy story, it, man. It it's a crazy awesome story. On, on so many levels. Yeah, it was awesome dude. On so many levels. Absolutely, yeah. man. Well, look, um, I want to I want to jump on to um, I, actually the, the the number one reason why I'm I'm super stoked about this call. Well, okay, the number two reason. Number one reason is because I'm chatting with you because you're a cool guy. Um, <laughs> but the number two reason why I'm stoked about this call is because um, you recently went to London mm. and you hosted a program at a local church. Um, and yeah. that program, from from what I saw, because I saw it on Facebook, all the advertisements and stuff, I couldn't attend because it was too long to walk, but it was too far. But um, Culture Clash, that was the name of it, mm. Culture Clash. Yeah, and yeah. um and and. Tell me a little bit about Culture Clash and, and what inspired you to do that presentation. Well, actually, the, my my title for the program for them was Discipling for the Culture. You know what I mean? But one of their young adults um, looked at the title and um, when they talked about what it was they wanted to cover, um, it, it was her that came up with the title Culture Clash, mm. you know? And from their perspective, um, they was looking at the clashing culture between young and old, between black and white um, in the London context, between Caribbean and Caribbean and um, um, Caribbean and African and, and, and European. And, you know, so all of the different cultures, the, the different cultures of different ways of looking at Adventism and looking at faith and looking at faith. Excuse me. Um, so th that was what they came up. That that was what they had in mind when they when they came up with the title Culture Clash, um, but it, it it was the the, the profound thing was once because um, my mind was going in one direction with discipling for the culture, but once they get came up with the title Culture Clash, I thought, oh man, this is genius because actually it took me in a whole other in a whole other direction as to what the spirit actually made me um, look at when dealing with the idea of culture clash. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Cause you know, like I saw that, I saw, I saw that presentation, like the advertisements and I thought to myself, man, it, it would be really cool to actually, you know, sit down and listen to, to what you have mm -hmm. to say and what you have to share. Cause I know that's a topic mm -hmm. that, that you're interested in. It's a topic that I'm interested in as well. Right. Like it's this idea mm -hmm. of, yeah. um, you know, how do we, how do we reach, reach the culture? Mm -hmm. You know, how do we, how do we connect? Mm -hmm. Um, 
when we look when we look outside of our walls as a church, you know, you got a post secular society, you know, segments mm-hmm. of it that are post secular, segments of it that are post Christian, mm-hmm. segments of it that are post modern, meta modern, you know, like and and then of course there's like you know it's not like they're neat little boxes, like people are just like swapping back and forth between those all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. it's um it's an incredible challenge because and I'll tell you from my perspective, and then you know. Uh, you know, we can mm-hmm. we can bounce back and forth on it, but it, it, it seems to me like um, like Adventism as as a as a as a movement as a culture. I'm not talking about our theological um, mm-hmm. narrative, but as a, as a movement, as a culture, as a as a as a people, as a mindset. Um, it seems to me like we're failing to connect with the the emerging cultures around us. Uh, w- mm-hmm. Would you would you agree with that? I I, I feel like. I don't even yeah, I, I, but I think that's from the idea of like we we don't understand how much we actually reflect every culture that is emerging around us. Mm. We are a reflection of the cultures that emerge around us. We are a reflection of the cultures that find themselves around us, and I think that's why we we struggle with connecting because we're trying not to be of the world, but there is so much of what we do that is of the world. There's so much of how we think that is of the world and not necessarily a bad parts of the world. In some cases, historically, it has been bad parts of the world. And, and, and we've reflected that in, 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 in terrible ways. But in other cases, it's just it's not bad parts of the world. So I think our struggle is not so much even connecting, but understanding why we fit and how we fit. Mm. I think that that is that is our real uh, our real struggle yeah so so why why would you say like that that's why do we struggle with that like yeah i think we struggle I, honestly honestly marcus i think we struggle because of our approach we 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 we're, we're going to the world to tell them who we are mm. and we're not going to the world to present who god is and I think that's why we struggle, because I think we, we are trying to we are trying to make too much of who we are, you know, and why we have the right to stand up and speak in this space instead of presenting who God is and why God has always had the right to speak in the human story. Why yeah. God has always had the right to be central to the human story, why God has always made us central to everything that he has done in the human story you know um Mm. why humanity is so special to god and so precious to god and so valued by god that that's the story you know not who we are and where we've come from and why we have the right to stand here and and how god has led us specifically throughout the holy human history it's about how god has been in human history throughout the holy human history that Mm. actually is the story and and I think that 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 because we're missing that we you know it's like we've turned up to somebody else's birthday party and we're uh-huh. trying to make ourselves the reason for for the birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, know, that's a crazy analogy. Yeah. You know, but it's almost like we've turned up to somebody else's birthday party and we're trying to make ourselves the reason for the birthday party. Like, no, mm. you're a guest to a bigger part, to a party that's bigger than you, but you're yeah. an important guest to that party. Mm. You know what I mean? You, you are an important guest to that party. Yeah. Um, and, and if you allow yourself just to mingle in that, 
you know, the, your importance to being at that party will begin to reveal itself even more, you know. Mm. So I think I think that that's that's where we've where we've struggled, and yeah. I think that's why we can consistently struggle. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so it sounds to me, and uh, and 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 work with me here, so so I can try and because yeah. there's a lot of like depth in what you just said, so I'm gonna try and unpack mm -hmm. it and and, mm -hmm. and and make it you know, mm -hmm. so I can chew on it. So it sounds mm -hmm. to me like what you're saying is that um, one of our biggest struggles as a, as a movement is mm -hmm. that you know in 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 some ways and i'm i'm trying to figure out the best way to word it cuz i don't want to make it sound like mean <laughs> mm -hmm. but it, it's almost like we've we've fallen in love with ourselves we've, oh, we've man, created we created an echo chamber mm -hmm. um where we can speak about ourselves to ourselves in a sort mm -hmm. of self-aggrandizing way yeah and it sounds so good when we say it to each other and then we go out there and we say it to mm. the people that need it the most mm. and it just mm. falls flat because it's too much it's about us. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it's way too much about you. It's way too much about you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's literally way too much about us and we ain't big enough to hold a story. That, mm. That's the thing. We aren't big enough to hold a narrative. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not big enough to hold a narrative. Mm. Um, and, you know, and... Yeah, and and so it it creates that space of, it creates that space of frustration as to who who we are, which is identity. Yeah, it creates that place place of frustration as to how we live, which is representation, mm. and it creates that space of um, um, frustration as to how we are, you know, how we speak, which is articulation. And I honestly yeah. feel that that's where. The three places where Advent, and I can't speak for any other denomination. However, all my friends who are ministers in other denominations say the same thing. Mm. But I can speak for my de about their denomination, not about our denomination. Yeah, I can say that we struggle with identity, representation, and articulation. Those are the three places that we struggle in culture. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Let, let, feel, let, let's unpack that a little bit because yeah. that's that yeah. that's that's a really interesting. So yeah. you said we struggle with identity. Mm. Yeah. With uh, articulation, what was there was one in the middle. Representation. Representation. All right. So let's let's Articula take them one by one, just really really quick. Yeah. So uh, unpack yeah. identity for me. We struggle with we identity. Struggle with identity. I think we struggle with identity because this was the direction that I took with culture clash. Mm -hmm. The real cult, the real clash isn't so much with the real clash, isn't so much with young and old, black and white. You know what I mean? Um, eth ethnicities. The real clash is w with the way. The kingdom operates and way, the way we behave. That mm. is where the clash is. Because the kingdom has this expectation that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because of the power of Jesus Christ, because of the renewing power of the Holy Spirit, because we've been given an Adventism, not a, not, not a set of doctrinal propositions, but because we've been given a worldview that mm. is broad and that, is, is, it is, it, that has elasticity to it. Because we've been given all of those things, we have the ability, um, we have the ability to um, not be so, not be so afraid to to not be so afraid to to grow, not be so afraid to to think about who we are, you know, not be so afraid to um, not make everything wholly and solely about us, you mm -hmm. know, and. 
And so in terms of identity, because we've been given all of these things, when you, when you tend to make everything about who you are, you, you kind of, everything bleeds out, you know, to, to, to a large degree, um, everything bleeds out. So I feel that, that we, we struggle with identity in that space. We struggle with having a clear understanding of who we are in, in the space that we find ourselves. Yeah, um, I yeah. think we struggle with, with, with representation. You know, if you don't know who you are, you're going to struggle to know how you behave in the place that you find yourself. Mm. you know that's and right. so yeah. you know so let me let us, me let, let yeah. me throw something in here mm-hmm. because this is something that like what you're saying right now is something that i wrestle with on on a regular basis because i've been having this all my life right and and i've mm-hmm. wrestled with this you know mm-hmm. i mean I, I i you know i've i've been to church in hawaii i mean like i lived there mm-hmm. for a while you know for four years mm-hmm. um obviously i grew up in jersey Spent time mm-hmm. in Tennessee. Now I'm in Australia. You know, I've been different mm-hmm. areas, and and I consistently encounter same challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so right now you're talking about you're talking about identity and how we, we struggle mm-hmm. to know our identity, which mm-hmm. in turn impacts how we relate to others. Mm-hmm. So when you say that, one word comes to my mind. One word, and that word is insecurity, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the word that comes to my mind. We're, we're insecure mm-hmm. about who mm-hmm. we are. And mm-hmm. that insecurity shows with how we relate to others. It's an identity mm-hmm. crisis. And mm-hmm. so wh- when I look at Adventism, and you've already said this, so I'm kind of just going to repeat something you already mm-hmm. said. When I look at Adventism as a worldview, Adventism is a story that's not about Adventism. No. It's, it's, it's a story no. that is fundamentally about the character, the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you have um, this, this brilliant theological narrative about the heart of God, uh, that has something absolutely relevant to say to the world at any time, in any place, and in any, in, in, you know, like you said, it's elastic. It, 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 it has mm-hmm. something to say anywhere, anytime, mm-hmm. everywhere, right? Um, mm-hmm. But you've got people who've forgotten that. They've forgotten that that's what their theology is about. They've forgotten that that's mm-hmm. their identity. And so they've mm-hmm. replaced that story that's about him with a story mm-hmm. about themselves. And, mm-hmm. and what that ends up doing is it creates this um and th- there's like 10 different directions i can go with this i'm trying hard to keep it mm-hmm. <laughs> keep it simple yeah, it creates yeah. at least in my experience it seems to create mm-hmm. a sense of like um on the one hand you know like narcissism but on the other hand this insecurity where because i'm not really quite sure what my narrative is or what i stand for mm-hmm. i feel the need mm-hmm. to constantly put other Mm-hmm. Traditions or, or or other tribes down. I don't know if I'm making mm-hmm. any sense here, but because no, I see that a lot in Adventism, where sense. you know, like yeah, yeah, we're yeah. we're constantly yeah. criticizing other other tribes, other faith traditions, mm. and yeah. and to me, it sounds like it almost sounds like a like an insecure boyfriend who can't stand his girlfriend talking to another man, right? It, yeah, it, it yeah. sounds like that a lot. There's this sense of like we don't know our identity, so we're afraid mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that makes yeah, our message think, to the world, you know, ridiculous. It, it doesn't. It doesn't connect. It, 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 well, I think what what it does, and the reason why it does it is because Adventism is about being right and not being. Mm. Adventism is about being right and not being, you know. Um, and when 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 your world is about being right, you know, anything that anything that shakes that world, anything that causes that world to 
appear like it doesn't have all the answers. Um, it, it, it creates the identity crisis mm. because our world is about actually being right. Yeah. You know, instead of being, mm. um, and, and being, and being present and being, and being, um, you know, have, have, having those times when Jehoshaphat pl- prayed to God, um, in second Chronicles, I think it was 20. He said, we are, we are powerless and we are clueless. You know, we would never admit that as a church. Mm. We are powerless and clueless. But Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat said, but our eyes are on you. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we said, we are powerless, we are clueless, but we're not faithless. Mm. You know? Yeah. And so I think, I think that that's where that first space comes in, in terms of identity. Um, yeah. In terms of understanding who we are. Because it means that God is fluid. You know what I mean, mm. and I'm, and you know, I'm. It, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, you know, for some people, I know some people may be thinking, oh, is he saying there's another prophet gonna arise? Look, God can do whatever He wants. But what I'm simply saying is that our worldview, our worldview is broad. Yeah. Our worldview is broad enough to handle, you know, ele- you know, the elasticity of 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 culture, mm. you know, of 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 culture of the cultures that we find ourselves in. That's right. You know, yeah. And I think so. Identity is that first place. Representation. I think representation is the next space simply because, um, like I said, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know who you are in the context that you find yourself, you're not going to be sure how to behave within that context. Mm-hmm. You're not sure how, how, how to be in that context. And you're going to end up reflecting the culture in, and justifying it in ways that are just horrendous. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, Take Adventism, take Adventism um, worldwide in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. In the 40s, 50s, and 60s, Adventism reflected wholeheartedly um, the racism, racism and white supremacy that was, in, that was inherent in Western culture, wherever yep. Western culture found itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if there were segregated schools in, in America... Adventist schools were segregated. Adventist conferences were segregated. Adventist GC was, we just, why? Because our sense of identity doesn't make us understand that, yeah, you're in the culture, but not everything about the culture you can reflect Mm. because the kingdom also has its culture. That's right, man. That's right. And and you know, it's interesting. It's interesting that you say that, man. It's interesting that you say that. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to drop this point in here because, you know, it's it's one that has, you know, uh, I wrote an article some time ago for it um, for against the wall. And I made I made this point in the article. um, And uh, if anyone listening hasn't checked out against the wall, um, check it out. It's an awesome, awesome Mm -hmm. project. But I made this point in that article because it's it's like it's a really weird dynamic. Right. And this is the point Mm -hmm. that I made, like. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the best selling books um, in in conservative Adventist history when it comes to culture, you know, the secular culture impacting Adventism mm-hmm. is Joe Cruz Creeping Compromise, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the what that's one of the staples yeah, of conservative I'm, Adventist yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, books. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it's interesting because in that book, you know. You know, the, 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 it talks about things like, you know, the kind of clothes that Adventist women wear when they go yeah. to the beach or, you know, whether you should wear a wedding ring or not. You know, the, those yeah, kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. Nowhere in the book, not once, does it challenge the, um, 
the uh, systemic racism yeah. within the church, right? <laughs> not 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 exactly. once does it not yeah, once man. does it challenge the the sexism that has been in the church since Ellen White's day. She was speaking yeah, against it yeah, back in her yeah, day, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, not once does it challenge the actual real issues. So I hear what you're saying because it's like with identity and representation, it's like we 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 lose sight of who we are. And then we yeah. end up yeah. fighting about yeah. stuff that, that is, is not even important. That yeah. is literally exactly. unimportant. You it's like we're I mean? desperately trying to find our identity, and and we yeah, yeah. you know we make mountains yeah. out of molehills, and we're missing yeah. the bigger picture. So now yeah. the the last one that you mentioned um, is articulation. 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 Yeah. Articulation. We don't know how to speak to culture. Hmm. You know what I mean? We don't know how to speak. You know, you you've probably heard me say it a million times or post it a million times. You know, you have to do life with people if you're going to speak life into people. Mm. You know what I mean? But be because we don't know in that sense who we are and we don't know how we stand in that space, you just we just don't know how to speak. So we will literally, as a church, run seminars on making friends with non-Christian people. Mm. But that's your neighbors. I mean, I mean, seriously. Yeah. For crying out loud. <laughs> really? Like I mean, like really, you're you're running a course on how to just be a neighbor to your neighbor, mm. you know, and how to be a friend to your friend who doesn't follow Jesus Christ. Yeah, really, is is that what we're honestly saying? And that's simply because we just don't know how to speak into that space, mm. you know. Yeah. And and that's where we struggle with articulation. We struggle with how we articulate, you know, and 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 then articulate intelligently what it is that we're saying to culture. We still want to articulate. And we, you know, the, the funny thing is everything that we have in our worldview, everything that we have within our, you know, for one, you know, for, and I'm going to use the word, use the phrase intentionally, everything that we have within our theological arsenal, because believe me, yeah. it is a theological arsenal. You know, everything that we have within, within, that, within that and that God has gifted us with, we want to say it the same way we said it when we first heard it. Mm. Not understanding, hold on, the thought has elasticity because the thought has developed and matured as it's gone over the years. You know, you can actually say that in new, broader and much more engaging ways. Mm. You can actually use words that are in the culture, yeah. you know what I mean, and put that into that theological dialogue and speak just the way Paul did on Mars Hill. Just That's the right. way Paul did when he talked about the unknown God. You know, mm. you can use the you can use the speech in the culture because you know, before before we're there and before we ever get there, God is already way ahead of us in every paradigm shift and cultural yeah. swing. God is already there. You know what I mean? God God is already there preparing the space so that when we get there, we know how to articulate what He's given us. Yep. We know how to articulate the idea of identity. We know how to articulate the idea of rest. We know how to articul articulate the idea of, of the importance of humanity. You mm. know what I mean? And, 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 and um, we know how to articulate um, ideas about hope, you know, and the hope that is found in, in, in the things that we look for, especially the second coming of Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, so I think that those three areas, identity, representation, and articulation those mm. are the three areas in culture 
that we 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 struggle because in some spaces we've locked ourselves off so much from culture while actually reflecting some of the things of the culture and still managing to reflect things of the culture. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and still managing so to true, this man. very day to reflect <clears throat> it, but we've locked ourselves off away from it while doing while doing it. Mm. You know what I mean? That's and then right. wondering how we're going to speak to it because I think in some things culture is looking at the church i mean for instance time's up me too culture is looking at the church so much and looking at the fact that we won't condemn or come out and speak in certain areas and now they're saying it's all right we'll be our own moral conscience mm -hmm. because you're just not the moral conscience anymore you won't even come out and speak you won't even come out and march with us you don't have to agree with everything that we agree with but you must be able to agree on this you mm. know there must be at least that common ground that we yeah. can agree on. You That's know? right. Yeah. And and so yeah. And this isn't you know this isn't even about social justice because I honestly believe that when you're doing the kingdom and you're doing the kingdom properly, you're doing social justice automatically. Mm. This is about being present. Mm -hmm. You know. I mean, think about Jesus, Marcus. Think about Jesus in in first century Palestine. First century Palestine was socially, um, historically, traditionally religiously, politically, racially, and ethnically set. There was no, there was no elasticity. It was concrete set. Mm. Yeah. And look at the way Jesus lived within our culture. He didn't need to hold a placard. He didn't need to march. You know what I mean? All right. One day he got militant and turned over tables, you know, um, but he didn't really need to do anything that the insurrectionists were doing anything um that the zealots were doing all yeah. jesus did was live the kingdom that's right so he turns up in samaria you know and john says he had to go through samaria but anybody who knows bible new testament history and that like, no you didn't you're a jew jews don't walk through samaria they walk around samaria mm -hmm. you know what i mean um but he says he had to go to samaria and right there he starts to break a cultural barrier he says yeah that's what that's what the jewish culture does that that's what the 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 the, the religious culture does, but that's not what the kingdom does. Mm. The kingdom walks through Samaria. The kingdom right. says, excuse me, love, can I have a drink of water, please? Hold on. You're a Jew. How are you asking me as a Samaritan for a drink of water? And, and the rest, as we know, is history. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the rest, as we know, is history. You mm. know what I mean? So everything Jesus does is a protest, not to culture, but to the kingdom of the world, which operates, mm. the kingdom of Satan, which operates through culture that mm. says, this group is better than that group. This group is more important than that group. This group has value over this group. This, right. These groups are... And everywhere the, the, the kingdom of the world does that, Jesus goes and reverses it. You know what I mean? Mm. In the book of Luke, you see the reversals of God. Women are walking with Jesus. Women are financing Jesus. Mm. In the book of Luke, you don't see that in the others. You know that's what I mean? Right. But in the book of Luke, that's what you see. You know what mm. I mean? The higher made low, the lower made high. Jesus sits with sinners. Jesus, you know what I mean? He sits with publicans. He sits all the way through the Gospels. You put them all together and you see, you know what I mean? So that's where the culture clashes. Yeah. Jesus was clear from day one. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. You want to mm. know, you know what I mean? So his identity, his representation, his articulation was set. And mm. whatever culture did, Jesus, Jesus didn't set out to do the opposite. But Jesus, you know what Paul says? Paul says in Ephesians, Jesus has taken Jew, he's taken Gentile, brought them into himself, 
and he's created a new humanity yes. or an alternative humanity. So Jesus wasn't just doing what he was doing for doing sake. Jesus was there as the, the new alternative humanity. Mm. So it was just a given that when they separated under racial lines, Jesus wasn't going to do that. When they mm. separated under religious lines, Jesus wasn't going to do that because that is not the kingdom. Mm. That is not the kingdom. The kingdom doesn't do that. The kingdom operates in a different way. It has yeah. its own identity. It has its own representation and it mm. has its own articulation. That's right, man. You know I, mean? I think this and is so, why some, some have called it um, in the past. Uh, theologians have referred to Jesus, the kingdom that Jesus came proclaiming as the upside down kingdom. It was literally, um, you know, literally yeah. upside down. Its value you structure I mean? is literally like 180 degrees from human value structure. Yeah. You, you want to be the greatest, serve, you know, you want to be the greatest, become a servant. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You, know, you want to be the you, first, you, you, you got to be the last. <laughs> be the last. You want That's to right. live, you got to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And in dying, you live. But in mm. living, you die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the upside down kingdom man yeah the total upside down kingdom you know mm. what i mean because because the kingdom of this world the kingdom of this world is a self-centered narcissistic kingdom that mm. is self-centered but we weren't created that way we were mm. created other centered mm. but sin came in and we became self-centered the kingdom of god comes back through the holy spirit lives in our life and all of a sudden, the kingdom makes us self centered. The, the kingdom kills our self centeredness and makes us other centered now. Mm. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a kingdom of surrender. I said to them, I said to them the other day, and, and in the culture clash, the kingdom of God is based on three. The kingdom of God is, is based on, on, on three ideas. Number one is based on surrender. You know what I mean? Um, and, and that's what you have to intentionally do to follow Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Number two, it's based on interdependence. We live with God, but we also live with each other. Mm. So number two, we have to intentionally journey with the difficulty of love and live in, mm. in relationships. You know what I mean? And number three, it's based on other centeredness. You know what I mean? Because we selflessly serve humanity. Mm. The son of man did not come to serve, but to, um, to, to be served, but to serve. He did not come to be helped, but to help. Yeah. You know what I mean? So surrender, um, surrender um other other centeredness to surrender interdependence and self-centeredness all of this is the kingdom you know so I, so that 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 for me is that for me is indicative of this whole idea of culture clash mm -hmm. the kingdom is behaving in one way but we are behaving in the other way mm -hmm. and what you and the way you see us behave is indicative of the fact that we're clashing with the kingdom mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that we yeah. clash with each other, the yeah. fact that we can't get along, the fact that we won't condemn evil in this space, the fact that we won't come out as a, as a denomination worldwide and say that this is wrong and we will not practice it, regardless of the fines or whatever we may incur in the countries we find ourselves. Mm. You know what I mean? The fact that we won't do that means that we're clashing with the kingdom of God. Yeah. Because we're reflecting the kingdom of man. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? So what you're the, saying, what you're saying, mm -hmm. uh, let, let me try and summarize it because it's, 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 it's I, I feel like a light bulb came on in my head as you, as you were saying that. Because um, I was just about to ask you, you know, how can, how can, how can Adventism reach the culture? And what I hear you saying is that the problem with Adventism is not that we are too different um, from the culture around us. The problem is that we're mm. too much like it. 
and, and way too much like and, it. And, and, and not that and, unlike and, the culture. And not in the in the shallow cheesy ways in which people, you know, oh, you know, you guys are like the world because of your music you dress, or because of your you dress, dress and blah blah blah. Listen, You're talking about the real you know, we're the, too much like yeah, the world yeah, with yeah. the way in which the we ideologies and the constructs that drive right. culture is mm-hmm. what we reflect. Yeah. So our like yeah, you were yeah. mentioning our, our our backbiting of one another, our division, our envy. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the nationalism that still exists in many of all our of that, you know all of that, of that, the racism, is, all of that. Is reflective of the fact that we are the culture mm. and not the kingdom of and not the kingdom's culture. Yeah. 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 You know so how I mean? so how I can think, Adventism how yeah. can Adventism yeah I, I'm thinking of a local Adventist church right because I, I always like yeah. to bring things down yeah. to to the to the local yeah. level because I'm a local guy yeah. but that's where that's where it's at that's where it's at yeah. man so how yeah. can a local Adventist church say there's say there's an elder listening to this right now and he's thinking our church needs to get better at connecting with the culture at reaching the culture mm. where can they start like what can they do i think honestly marcus we we have to start with where we are we have mm. to start with honest conversations mm. um we struggle with honest conversations in our church and this is the reason why we struggle with un- honest conversations we struggle with honest conversations because we're afraid of judgment when you make your bones on being right to be wrong incurs judgment. It mm. incurs penalty. You know what I mean? You know, but this is how the kingdom works, though. And, and once again, it's about the kingdom. Listen, the kingdom, we are fearful. Yeah, we, we think about being wrong because we're, a fear, we're fearful of the immediacy of judgment, unaware of the immediacy of grace. Mm. The kingdom works with the immediacy of grace, not the immediacy of judgment. Even in the garden, God passed judgment by showing mercy. You know what I mean? That's right, yeah. So, so I think that in our local churches, bringing it back to the local churches, we're afraid to admit, yeah, I've been this. Because we're afraid that, we're afraid how our vulnerability would be dealt, you know, how it would be handled. You know what I mean? We're mm. afraid of the journey that we have to take afterwards. We're afraid that, like, you know, and it's not about being doctrinally wrong. I'm not even talking about doctrinally wrong. It's about it's it's actually afraid about being ethically wrong. We've been ethically wrong in some spaces. Mm. We've been morally wrong, you know. Mm. What I mean, um, in some spaces we've been culturally just wrong, and mm. we're afraid to have those conversations because we don't know how our vulnerability is going to be handled when the That's person right. who we're being vulnerable to, which is each other, how we handle that. And I think mm. what we have to do from the local church is begin to have those honest conversations and yeah. think about who we are and. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, the first question, number one, is this. Your local church, if it was to close tomorrow, would everybody who lives in the houses and the immediate area around you, would they miss you? And if the answer to that is no, that means you have no presence there whatsoever. Mm. All they see is a group of people that commute in at the weekend, worship and go back to the places that they live. You know what I mean? So I think that's where we start. We start with our local churches by having those honest conversations. And then after that, we have to go back to the Gospels and we have to look at Jesus again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like I'm going to get emotional. So we, we have to go back and look at Jesus again. He has to be the blueprint, Marcus. Mm. Otherwise, we're, we're going to get lost. We're going to get lost in culture and not be able to find ourselves. 
and we're gonna we're gonna be be fixated. We're gonna become being fixated on being uniform. Well, we must all look this way and we must all talk this way and we must all act this way and we must all be this way. But that is man-made, cultural-made automatons. Mm. That is not the kingdom. That's right. <laughs> that is not the kingdom. The kingdom doesn't operate in that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The kingdom doesn't operate in that way. We have to go back to Jesus. Look at Jesus in the culture. Look at Jesus in the culture of Israel. We have to study the historical context that Jesus finds himself in. Mm. And how does Jesus manage to navigate that? You know what I mean? And yeah. the funny thing is, yeah, if we go back and read some of our, our most brilliant books, yeah, the most, you know, go back and read Desire of Ages and look at how Jesus navigates the culture. That's right. Yeah. Go back and read Steps to Christ, Thoughts from mm. the Mount of Blessing. I'm serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, 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 you, if you don't want to read the Bible, because the Bible will just show you that. But mm. if you don't want to read the Bible, at least go back and read those three books mm. and look at how Jesus navigates the culture. You know what I mean? And you will see it's, you know, you know, yeah. but go back yeah. and read the Gospels. I was, I was actually know? just about to say that, man, like Desire of Ages. I remember especially oh, the early God. chapters of Desire of Ages. Where it just, Lord have like, mercy. I'm serious. Like Jesus was just sticking it to the man all day, bro. Like <laughs> the customs and, and all that. Like, and it's amazing because when you think about it, and and we, I gotta wrap up soon because we we've gotten over time. But yeah. look, I'm enjoying this conversation. I can I can go Me for too. like three hours, bro. <laughs> um, when you think about it, when the way in which Jesus dealt or or related to the customs of his day, mm. anyone could sit back and say, Jesus. It's not a big deal. Don't make a big fuss over it. Just do it, and not to mm. don't unnecessarily tick people yeah, off. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah. And yet, he unnecessarily ticked people off because it was actually yeah. necessary. These these structures were yeah. not simply That's traditions; they were barriers between people and God. They, they were literally barriers to yeah. God. You know what I mean? You know, we sin. God makes mm. us. We look at Him. There's no barrier. We mm. sin. There's a barrier. Yeah. You know what I mean? God has been trying to break through that barrier ever since. That's you know right. what I mean? And, 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 we... and then he turns around and says, All right, listen, make me a building. I'll come and I'll come and dwell in the middle of your whole camp. Make me mm. a sanctuary. I'll come and dwell in the whole camp. That word dwell is pitch tent. I'll come, I'll make me a sanctuary that I can pitch my tent among you. You know what mm. I mean? But even God knows you can only send so much texts through prophets. Mm. You can only send so much emails through prophets. In the end, he has to come. John says the word is made flesh, you know what I mean? And dwelt. That word dwelt means pitch these tents. Mm. You know what I mean? God has to literally turn up dressed in human flesh so that we can understand how valued we are. That's right. We can understand how we important to him we are. We mm. can understand the lengths that mm. God goes, yes. you know what I mean? To do what he does, you know what I mean? In order to be near his creation and his creation be near him. So that creation understands that we are loved. We we have always been loved. We've always been wanted. We've always been desired. You know mm. what I mean? We just believed the lie that told us that there was more. And then when we got there, we realized, no, there wasn't more. What we had was everything. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's the church's voice. That's our voice. Our voice. That That's what we're called to tell people. You know what I mean? And we're there to show people that. You know what mm. I mean? It's not about relevance because mm. if we if, if we're trying to make how can we make Advent is if we're trying to if if, we, if we're busting our brain thinking about how we make our Adventism relevance relevant then we become a gimmick. 
Mm. Because relevant, how, how do we become re relevant? The kingdom has never been about being relevant. The kingdom has been about being present. Mm. You know what I mean? And allowing people to define that relevance. There were people who, who hailed Jesus as king and worshipped him. And then there were people who, who called him an insurrectionist and called him Satan and murdered him. But Jesus was present for both people. And his presence made them determine his relevance. So mm. we have to figure out what it means to be present and allow people to define that relevance and allow, and allow, allow our lives, allow God in our lives to speak to those people in such a way that they turn around and say, nah, not for me. Or, wow, I found Jesus. That's right. But we yeah. have to figure out how to be present. The kingdom is mm. about being present. The kingdom isn't about being relevant. Never has That's been, right. never will be. Yeah. Never has yeah. been, never will be. Because <laughs> sin, sin has already declared God irrelevant. Mm. Sin itself has already declared God irrelevant. You know what I mean? So the kingdom isn't about coming to fix that and to figure out how, he's, how God's going to be irrelevant. No, the kingdom is about saying, no, God is present. God has always been present. God has never left the human story. God has never abandoned humanity, never That's will right. abandon humanity. Mm. That's our voice. And Amen. Adventism is a part of that voice that has been saying that since the Garden of Eden. Mm. We are just a part of that voice. We are not the story. We are the storyteller. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it, bro. Oh, snap. I we love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We are not the story. Oh, we are yes, the storyteller. Yeah, you know what I mean? And when absolutely. we figure that out, then we're going to be comfortable. Our identity, our representation, mm. and our articulation is going to be fluid in culture. Yes. It's going to be fluid. Mm. It's going to be fluid. And that's when people will start turning to us because they'll say like, yeah, you know, yeah. You know why, Jesus, you know why sinners love Jesus, Marcus? They Tell loved me. Jesus. They knew they were wrong. Yeah. But mm. Jesus made them feel hopeful. <laughs> they, That's right. They're like, I know I'm wrong, but he makes me feel like I don't have to be wrong. Mm. I, I, I know I'm a <laughs> sinner, but he makes me feel like there's hope. Mm. That That's what Adventism is called to. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's what I Adventism is called to. We're, we're called to make people feel like there's hope. We're mm. not called to make people us. We're called to inter introduce people to Jesus so that Jesus can make those people him. Mm. <laughs> yeah, oh, so, man. Bro, yeah, I'm telling so you, dude. So I'm, I'm, we're going to have to do like, we're going to have to do like a part two. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's so much, yeah. man. Like, uh, seriously, like yeah. there's like so many thoughts going through my head right now. Yeah. We're 53 yeah. minutes in, so I got to wrap it up. Oh, but my look, gosh. No, listen. Um, I'm we're loving it. I'm loving it. It's we're good. It's good. I want to just capitalize on one thing you said, and then we'll wrap it up. And it's this. You said yeah. that conversation, conversation, if there's any starting point, it's the starting point of conversation. Yeah. And I just want to yeah. capitalize on that real quick as we close. Because if there's a local Adventist church that wants to make a difference and wants to, you know, become the best version of itself that it can be, especially as it relates to reaching the culture, yeah. conversation is like the simplest yeah. starting place. It's not the end all be all of the process, but if yeah. there's anywhere where we begin, yeah. it's there. And yeah. Um, yeah. I have a friend, Caleb Isle, he, he runs the program, uh, he runs the Ministry Humans of Adventism, and he's a mm. member of the Orangeburg um, Seventh-day Adventist Church, which is in South Carolina, I believe. Yeah. And he said when he first got there, it was just a little church with a bunch of old people. And they were trying to figure out how do we connect with the youth? How do we connect with the culture around us? And mm. they started with conversation. That's, That's what they what did. They, they, they scheduled in a few Sabbath afternoons where they would just talk about, you know, have those conversations and talk about the barriers between them and the people around them and the youth. And 
I've never been to the church. I've never visited it, but I see Caleb posting stuff all the time about you know how the church is is thriving and growing, and more young people are coming, and it's just you know him as a young millennial. It feels so empowered and blessed to be there, and and this isn't a church with a massive budget and you know three pastors or any of that. You know this is a this is a small church that was struggling. And it started yeah. with a conversation, man. So I just wanted to capitalize that because when you said that, man, like if there's anyone looking for a baby step conversation, man, block out some Sabbath afternoons, Stop um, there, have some conversations. It's just an amazing starting place. Eddie, it's yeah, been man. awesome talking to you, bro. Oh, I man. wish we didn't have to end. I'm going to invite you back in the future. We're going to talk some more, man. There's so many things we can talk about. Um, yeah. But look, yeah, before look we close, before we close, man, I just wanted to ask if, if anyone listening to this said, you know what? Eddie has some amazing things to say here. I want to contact him. I want to invite him to my church to preach or, or whatever it might be. Is there a way for people to contact you? Well, you can contact me on Facebook, Eddie Hippolyte. You can contact me there. Um, I have a website coming up at the moment, actually, um, eddiehippolyte.com, um, because of the direction that um, ministry has taken for me, that God has mm -hmm. opened up, which has, which has been really powerful um, in the past year, um, at the beginning of this year, actually. And so, but you can contact me on Facebook. You can contact me on Instagram. You can contact me on Twitter. <laughs> I'm on all three places. <laughs> all three. As Eddie Hippolyte. Okay, e, um, awesome. E-D-D-I-E-H-Y-P-O-L-I-T-E. You can Beautiful. contact me in those three spaces. I'll put, I'll put some links up as well when this um yeah. when this episode goes out on SoundCloud and on, on PomoPass.com. Yeah. I'll, I'll put some links yeah. up so people can click and go. But look, man, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you for, for taking the time to, to share. Bro, I've been blessed. I've been... <laughs> Oh, thanks. it's just it's been awesome, bro. So, um, yeah. Thanks again, man. Yeah. And uh, for those of you listening, you know, definitely check Eddie out. Um, and, yeah. and thank you for taking the time to yeah. to spend some moments to with be us. I'm back in Perth in a couple of months. So you are okay. Hook Let's hook yeah, up, bro. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm looking no, forward. We're definitely to that. gonna hook up. Yeah. All right, awesome, bro. All right, man. Well, to all of you listening, thank you once again for listening to the podcast. And um, I, I hope that you're blessed. And don't forget, guys, Adventism has a beautiful story to tell. And, and we, we just need to put our energy together, put, put our hearts together, optimize our churches to tell that story well. So thanks again for listening. God bless you guys. Catch you next month. Well, that's all I've got time for today. But if you want some more, just come hang out at pomopasta.com. Thanks again for spending some time listening to the podcast. I'll catch you on the next one.